What's going on the limb right here? I think Adam Gates is going to get this is one of his last week coaching with the um, with the Jets. Mm -hmm. I think regardless what happened, they're going to get blown out. Whoever they're playing, they're going to get blown out. And I don't think Adam Yeah, they play Thursday night. Yep. Thursday night, perfect. They're coaching for his job. They're coaching for his job that game. Yep. Oh, he's gone. Like, I, I don't even think it only – I think it's already over. Like, okay. coaching, it's not even matter. Uh, I'll tell you the truth, this is going to be his last week. Uh, that's I'm going on the limb and saying that just because you're going to have that extra week uh, uh, to make that replacement. So, I said Adam gets win, lose, or draw. He's done with the Jets um, after Thursday. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right, from AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right, 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory, Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. Well, it took us over 365 days for this moment. But the NBA Finals, that's right, the 75th anniversary of the NBA Finals starts tonight, 9 Eastern on ABC, uh, between the Los Angeles Lakers looking for their 17th to tie with the Celtics and the Miami Heat as they look to hoist their third title in their franchise history. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show streaming to you live inside the broadcast studios of WNSC. Myself, your old Sebi, alongside Michael Gray. That is in the DMV area. That's right. The D.C., Maryland area. My partner, what's going on right there? Nothing but nothing much, man. Everything's going well. Going very well. How about you? We are doing well here inside of our studios, and it is the biggest time of the year, the NBA's main event tonight, the Oh yeah, and NBA Finals, Mike, and um, I think we're we're in for a treat for the for this series, no doubt. No, no doubt we are. This is this is what we, this is what we came to see: the final two teams to compete for a championship, and you have the Miami Heat, who have embodied the what team means. They've embodied the entire team philosophy, everything. They're a fundamentally sound team. This is a special ball club with no big superstars, but great players that know how to play their roles. And that's exactly what they've done, and that's what's gotten in there to his point. And the Los Angeles Lakers are led by the two top five players in the league that have absolutely dominated. So this is going to be a big-time treat. It's going to be a big chess match, too, between players, coaches. I want to see the Eric Spolster versus Frank Vogel uh, kind of, uh, combination as well. So it's going to be very interesting. No doubt, no doubt there for sure. Eric Spolster and Frank Vogel. The coaching uh, challenge in this seven-game series will be interesting here for sure. Uh, one thing that stands out to me, Mike, I, I, when I look at this team, these teams are kind of different. When I look at this Miami Heat team, I, they remind me of the Golden State Warriors offense so mm -hmm. much. You have, you know, Bam Adebayo, who's to me has been their MVP, uh, who kind of plays the Draymond Green role on defense, where he plays that free safety role, where he roams around the zone or their defense, and on offense, he he, he stays at the elbow. He runs. They run offense through him. He's the ball handler. He brings the ball up the court. But when they put the ball in his hands at the elbow, that's when they have all of their trickery and their flare screens, their pin down screens for their shooters and mm -hmm. guys coming off of, uh, you know, guys are, that are coming off of screens that are looking to go downhill back door. So it reminds you of the Golden State-esque type of offense. And then with the Lakers, you hit it right on the nail. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, the Lakers go as those two engines go. Um, that's that is as simple as it is. When you look at this matchup, man, what stands out to you as in terms of 
impact players and X factors that can dictate who wins the series? Mm. Wow, that's a great question. I look at guys like, like you said, we brought up Alice Caruso and guys like that on, on the defensive side. Contavious Caldwell Pope has stepped up tremendously over the last few games, especially in that Denver series. Um, it, it was it was special. He was he was like the third guy on a consistent basis for him, knocking down key shots, not only just key shots, but in key moments. He's a he's a key factor for me against Miami. If he can get going and continue that momentum that he picked up against Denver and carry that into the finals, that 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 can give the Lakers a, 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 even more of a confidence boost because then it takes a little bit of the load off of LeBron and AD. And for Miami, I'm looking at guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, but Jay Crowder as well. Jay Crowder offensively, you know, he struggled a little bit in the three, uh, um, in the three-point compartment against Boston. But if he can pick it up, we know what he brings to the table defensively and what he's going to bring from a perspective. But if he brings it offensively and knocks down those threes on a consistent basis in this series, he can make a big difference for Miami because that that, that just gives them another element offensively to make them lethal. So. Those are my two big X factors. Yeah, no doubt. Miami finished number two in the NBA in three-point percentage, led by, of course, Duncan Robinson himself, who hit a staggering 44% from three. Uh, for me, I, I think it's fairly simple. I think it's Bam versus AD. I, yeah. I think AD is the better player, and I think AD is the far more superior and talented player. But man, Adebayo is not that far off, Mike. I think this has come up come out party for the second year man out of Kentucky only 23 years old but he has made a name for himself in these playoffs he was my pick to win most improved player of the year and obviously he didn't win it but that doesn't change the fact that he has had an impact on this Miami Heat team on both ends of the floor now I don't think he can stop AD but can you limit him Mm -hmm. Does he have the size to match up with them absolutely can he move laterally does he have the foot speed to match up with AD? I say yes. Does he have the defensive prowess as a rim protector? I say yes. So I think the, the the X factor to me in this series is which big man plays better. If AD plays better, then obviously the upper hand goes to the Lakers. But if Bam Adebayo can have his imprint in this series, I think that bodes well for Miami because he's the guy that not only orchestrates the defense, or the, or the offense, but also runs through him. And, and also Goran Dragic, what a guy! No, I think that was the best <laughs> thing that happened to Miami, Mike. When when none got uh, benched and Goran Dragic, like all of a sudden he's reverted himself to the All Star form he had in in Phoenix. Yeah. So he's been lights out for what yeah. they've done. I think he's average. He was the leading scorer in that series against Boston, and he had a great first round and second round as well. So. Um, he's, it's been a come-out party for him in this postseason. So I look for Bam and Goran Dragic as my two X-Factors uh, uh, for the Heat. And then for the Lakers, I, I think it's Rajon Rondo. We know what LeBron is going to give you, and we know what AD is going to give you. But who is that reliable third guy? We're not looking for Rondo to score 20 to 25, maybe even 30 points, but he is a guy that when LeBron goes to the bench, you can put the ball in his hands. He yeah. takes those point, point guard duty roles. He... And we know playoff Rondo is a different type of Rondo, and he knows how to get his teammates in place in offense. And in a game where you have to play Miami in a zone, Rondo is the type of guy that knows where to make sure where all the teammates need to be and position themselves so he can get the ball to them and kind of exploit and penetrate in that zone and give the Lakers some good open looks. So uh, those were my two X factors coming into the series. And and one of the keys about Rondo is he's he's knocking down threes now. Like he's, the guys are leaving him open, but he's still hitting threes at a at a pretty solid rate. It's not it's not you know as poor as it was early on in his career. And it, and also I, I love the Bam Adebayo pick because one of the keys for Bam Adebayo is making sure that he stays out of foul trouble. I know it's going to be tough going against AD and going against some of those bigs in the paint fighting for rebounds or whether it's defending at the rim. But if he can continue to stay out of foul trouble, especially early, and continue to let it keep him in the game, keep him in the flow, that'll give him a rhythm offensively. That that'll that'll bode well for Miami and Bam as well. So, yeah, I, I love those two X factors because Rondo, even in in his advanced career, shows you that even in the playoff moments, his IQ on the court is second to none. 
Agreed. And and one last part I want to make there too. I think Duncan and Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero are also crucial, mm-hmm. but not offensively. I think defensively. Right. I think those are some guys that Boston did that a little bit, but I thought it was too little too late. Brown and Tatum and and Smart in particular, they they went at them and forced them to play defense. Guys like that are the shooters. You can't have them relax on off on 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 defense and just scorch you on offense. I think the Lakers are probably going to look at that and look at some guys like that that they can exploit those matchups, whether that be um you know in the post or whether that be taking them off the dribble and forcing them into foul trouble. Mm-hmm. That obviously you know kind of messes up their routine offensively as lights out shooters. So I'm looking for those guys to be X factors. Can they be able to stay out of foul trouble right. and be some sort of a, a, a defensive prowess and not be a defensive liability? I think that would go well for uh, Eric Spoelstra's unit. Sure will, sure will. Miami's listen. Miami's this is the moment. This is what they relish, and they have a team full of guys that are just they've been underdogs their entire career. They're ready for this moment. That they relish the fact that you know most people won't expect them to win. This is right where they want it. So. You know, you have the Lakers the Lakers ready to go. Miami, you know they're ready to go. They're going to get their best. Let's get it, man. It's time to go. It's going to get it to go there for sure. Um, is where Do we have a pick in this series? And how many games, Mike? I have the Los Angeles Lakers winning this series in six games. I see Miami getting potentially getting two games. If It's going to be a game here and there where Miami should win. If they capitalize and get the win, it should go six. If the Lakers sneak and win a game that they have no business winning, I see this series uh, going Lakers in five. Got you. I'm also going to stick, agree with you there. I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Lakers, but I think this is obviously a longer series than what people think. I'm going seven. I think the Lakers get it done in seven. I have Miami actually winning tonight, Mike. I have Miami winning game one. I just think that they've been the best team overall in the bubble, and I just think that they've been very impressive. I think that – you know, Exposure is going to ha- come out with a game plan. The rotation that he has with Igadala, Crowder, and Butler to kind of run that rotation to guard LeBron James, I think that's underrated. They may not be able to stop LeBron James, but I think that trio of Crowder, Butler, and Igadala may be able to kind of bother LeBron James. And we've seen Igadala have success in the past, especially with those great Warrior teams. So I think this is the closest series on what people think. I, I think LA d- gets it done in seven. I think in a game seven, I, I can't go against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think they'll be able to um, impose their will if they get there in a game seven. But I do think Miami's going to make this a very, very um, interesting, exciting series. So I've got the Lakers um, in seven games. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. If that, and especially, if, you're right, if Miami gets off to a good start and wins game one tonight, they set the tone for the series. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it'll, it'll definitely be interesting moving forward. Here's a thought, Mike. Um, and this is something that's been going, going on here. LeBron James obviously looking to get his fourth NBA title and 10th trip overall. Um, he needs this one, Mike. He needs this one. I think if he would lose this one, this would definitely hurt him. Kind of like 2011 with the uh, with the Dallas Mavericks as well. I think 2007 when he baby James against the Spurs, we can forgive him for that. I, I think also some of the ones with the Warriors not having – a fully loaded roster to go up against arguably maybe <laughs> the top two or three team of all time in that Golden State roster. So you can forgive him for some of those, but I, I think if he loses this one, it hurts. I think his fourth title is served in a platter here. I think he just needs to relish that and um, seize momentum and control to do that. Where, where does this rank, Mike, if LeBron doesn't uh, earn his fourth title and as in terms of the GOAT conversation? If he doesn't earn his fourth title, um, he would be out of most people's uh, top five, in my opinion. Um, wow. I, I, I still I still believe he's in most people's conversations. I mean, you, you hear the old heads, a lot of the old heads say that, you know, LeBron James is, you know, he's in the top five. He might be in a, fighting for that fifth spot, but he might, he's more than likely sixth, but he's in the top ten range. If LeBron James, you know, if LeBron James loses this championship right here with uh, Anthony Davis, with, you know, the pieces that he's had and with the dominance that they've shown throughout these playoffs, it's going to, it's going to look bad on his, it's going to look bad on his resume because he's going to be three and seven in the finals. That's right. That, that alone right there is not going to look good Four, four and seven. That, that looks a lot better than three and seven. And, and especially with, with what you, what you've been working with and the fact that this team has no, 
clear-cut dominant player to stop you or clear-cut system to stop you. You should be able to get whatever you want based on how you presented yourself so far. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what the narrative looks like. But I, I fully expect him knowing that, him knowing the situation, fully expect him to come out and dominate and show why over the last 10 years, We've seen a dominant LeBron James in the finals, so I, I, I definitely expect him to show up and prove and prove why he's in the conversation of one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, there's a sense of urgency, isn't there? Right, with LeBron James um, knowing that this is his uh, defining moment um, in his career, being able to <laughs> three and six is already bad, but going either four and six isn't that bad, or three and seven looks even worse. So I think he will be able to see, rise up to the occasion there yeah. for sure. I actually got him in my top five, Mike. I think he's top three. To yeah. I've got Gordon. I've got Kareem. I, I've got LeBron third as it stands. But okay. that can be changed until his his, his career is over. Um, but if LeBron were to win the next two, if they were to go back-to-back, let's say they win this series and, and they, they run it again next year, where would he stand in the GOAT conversation to you, Mike? Is he, is he approaching um, or looking to surpass the great Michael Jeffrey Jordan, or where does he stand in Europe? It really, you know what, you know what, Sebi. It really depends on a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of key points to that because it depends on how it happens as well. If you win, say, say for example, you win this championship and you win the next championship, but Anthony Davis is the Finals MVP for both championships, you look at it a little bit, and you, and depending on how your performance was during that time. It, it looks, looks different. different. It really, yeah. it, it, it's not just about the fact that you have rings. It's a, were you the key contributor to that ring? Were you the best player on that team during that time? Yes, uh, the numbers were, but what the impact on the court, did you have the same impact that you had when you dominated in Miami for those two rings? When you dominated in Cleveland for, for the championship you won in 2016, did it, did it hold the same weight together? So I think that that'll be a, a, a definite key depending on what happens, you know, if Anthony Davis comes back or things of that nature. So um, I, I really think, you know, along with winning the rings, it just depends on how, you know, how it was it was um, attributed. I do agree there with you. And speaking of uh, MVPs and finals MVPs, Anthony Davis is my pick uh, to win a finals MVP this, this, uh, this series. So that's, that's something to look out there. So, it's a lot of narratives to talk about, yep. Mike. Sure is. Anthony uh, Davis is my Davis finals MVP uh, prediction as well. Uh, it's your, your prediction Ooh. as well. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. We, we both agree there as well. And when we come back, the Sebi Podcast radio show, we dive in and we shift gears to the NFL. Our guest, one of our good friends, the guru. They say the guru knows mm-hmm. all. We'll put that to the test. The Sebi Podcast radio show, live inside the studios of WNSC. And we are back here for our second segment here on the show here on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Our next guest on tap here, he's better than Bucky Brooks. You do not need to watch NFL films. The only breakdown you need is Guru's Film Room. Seattle's Finest is with us on the line today. The Guru, my man, what is going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, fellas, man. The Sebi Podcast Room, man. I'm just hit the lottery, baby. Mama, I made it. I'm here with Sebi and Mike, baby. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, big time? Man, I'm living the dream, man. I am living the dream. I'm on fire like Russ is cooking. Y'all know what it is. We cooking out here in the Pacific Northwest, man. The Pacific Northwest. You guys are cooking. I heard it rains a lot, my guru. Hey, man, we cooking the rain. We cooking the summer. We cook every time, man. Don't you worry about that, man. You ain't never had that Pacific Northwest fish in the way. You know what I'm saying? That salmon. That salmon in the in the rain, bro. <laughs> Speaking of cooking, uh, we're supposed to see fireworks on Monday night. Lamar Jackson against Patrick Mahomes, and uh, one quarterback was cooking, the other not so much. Patrick Mahomes five touchdown passes over three eighty five through the air. Uh, quarterback rating almost perfect. Guru one forty point one, and 
actually, Lamar Jackson might it might, might just be his worst performance since entering the league. What did you see on Monday night? Um, to be honest, I see exactly what uh, what and what I see, especially on films. Um, what I've been seeing for the last couple of seasons. Um, it's not a Lamar versus a, a, a Patrick situation because it's not fair for Lamar. You know what I mean? I don't like that situation because it's not fair because Patrick is so much more superior. Patrick is a different animal. He's one of the things that is an anomaly. You have not seen this type of kid before. So for a guy like Lamar to be compared to him, it's just, it's not right, man. It's not apples to apples. It's like comparing freaking a plum and a, and a banana. It's just two different situations. You know what I'm saying? You just can't do that. Because we all know what Patrick could do. There's nothing on the football field that he don't have a B-plus or A-plus grade. I'm talking about from the arm. From now, you've seen him scrambling to get little first downs. Like, he is the foolproof um, quarterback we ever seen. And Lamar, we know he has deficiencies. We've seen his deficiencies. We've seen him exposed. We have never seen Patrick Mahomes exposed. We haven't. Right. I would agree there as well. Um, there, there, are, <laughs> there really aren't any flaws on that young man's game uh, there as well. But I, I thought it was more about also, too, what Andy Reid did against a very, very aggressive Baltimore defense. What Baltimore does is they blitz almost 50% of their snaps, but Andy Reid actually used that to his advantage. What did you see there, Guru? Absolutely. To be honest with you, it's like once you have a perfect quarterback, man, I just felt like, you know, my man Wink was just – when you get frustrated, you can see the frustration because nothing was working. You know what I'm saying? They're in such a synergy, Andrew Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes, bro. It's like you can't zone. You zone them, the kid eats it up, man. You can't zone the kid. It's, he eats it up. Right? And then you play man on man. Now he's scrambling, getting first downs. And then you can't stick those receivers because it's hard to stick a um, They've got um, the you, fastest team in America. The <laughs> fastest team. And you have weapons Weapon on every level. Them, yeah. You have a deep threat. You have an intermediate threat. And you could dump it down to your running back. Like, as a defensive coordinator, man, it's so difficult, bro. It's like you don't know what to do. You just like, you know what, just try anything to see which worked and then stick with it. But unfortunately for Wink, nothing worked. <laughs> nothing worked in this situation. Nothing worked in the situation there uh, for sure. So the Chiefs now 3-0, and arguably the best team in football. Um, Guru, you've lamented for years now that Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the NFL along with Mahomes. Now, I won't argue with you with that, but I probably can't debate with that with you as well. Absolutely. One thing I got to tell people with difference, like, yes, I love me some Patrick Mahomes. Don't get it twisted. He's an anomaly. But what we're watching Russell Wilson is doing, and I've been saying this, Sebi, for years now, man. I'm happy finally people are trying to notice. The film don't lie, dude. The thing this guy does is out of this universe, man. You know what I'm saying? He don't have the same weaponry as Patrick Mahomes, all right? He don't have the same uh, innovative offensive play callers like Patrick Mahomes does. There's all of that he don't have. But you know what he does have, man? He has this, the mental aspect of it, man. He makes people better. It's like Russell Wilson does everything right, dog. There's nothing he does wrong. That's just, it's impressive. His arm strength, he can make every throw in the book. And, bro, I've never seen anybody, anyone, throw the deep ball better than Russell Wilson. I can say yeah, I would that. agree with that. This guy throws pillows man it's like Patrick Mahomes has a great arm but no one I've seen in the history of watching this game that dumped the ball up from 40 yards with that much accuracy never seen that in my life man yeah never seen that as well uh -huh. Russell Wilson passes Peyton Manning's record over 14 touchdowns in three weeks the former that that was 12 by Peyton in 2013 Mike go ahead yeah Guru I know we we we, we lament what we've seen from Russell Wilson and he's done great uh defensively um Despite despite the last couple of games, the def the defense for the Seattle Seahawks struggling a little bit. What have you seen from from the the impact of guys like Jamal Adams coming to this team and what he's brought to the table? Absolutely, man. You know what? Hey, I, I two trade two first round pick. Hey, when the first hit, I was like, you know what? That's a great. I don't give a damn. First of all, this organization don't care about the first round pick. That's one. <laughs> and defensively, there was. I mean. We all knew coming into this offseason, that was a that was the biggest weakness of this team. Right. Um, it's not the typical pick Carroll. They don't have a pass rusher. That's that's ever declining gone. So this team had to manufacture pressure. 
you know, this trading deadline is coming. I won't be surprised if they try to get somebody else to help them out. But defensively, they need help, man. You know what I'm saying? The back, the secondary is not like that. And I think it's all the combination of it. Because you don't have the pass rush, that hurt the secondary. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This is a cover three team. There's certain, there's certain plays you're going to give up. You're hoping the D-line gets there. But if the D-line don't get there, which they don't, you're going to give up those certain plays. It's part of the zone scheme they play. And now that's happening because you can't get to the quarterback. And every quarterback knowing when they prep against the Seahawks, you know what you're going to get. It's mm -hmm. not like they're going to shock you. You know the defense you're going to get. It's just you just got to execute. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. And do you see do you, do you see going moving forward uh, throughout the rest of the season? Do you see the defense uh, continuing to make strides to get better and improve off these last two games, or do you see that being a, a, a situation where that might hold them back and put even more pressure on Russell Wilson? I honestly, unless they make a big move in a trading deadline, um, this is what you're going to see. Uh, uh, Jamal Jamal Adams is the entire defense as far as generating pass rush, as far as get, generating pressure. That's who he is. That's what they're going to utilize him. With him being injured, you saw that uh, uh, this last week game with, with the Cowboys. So with him being injured, they don't get no rush at all, no pressure. So with, if they don't make any change in the, in the, in the trade deadline, I anticipate it's going to be a bang but don't break defense um, throughout the season. You know, they kind of remind me of two type of defense, bro. They kind of remind me similarly. They, if they're on the ceiling, they could be like that that, that coach defense with Peyton Manning, with Bob Sanders when they stepped up. You know, um, yep. Jamal Adams right. and the Bob Sanders right. and making picks and turnovers in the playoff. Or they could be like the 2018 Chiefs who has outstanding offense, but their defense was the reason why they jumped offside mm -hmm. and fell short. So right now, those are kind of the two teams I see the Seahawks training towards. I don't know which one it is out of week three, but those are the two teams that remind me of right now. Okay. The voice of Monday morning football, the guru himself available on Spotify there as well. So your guy, uh, Seattle's finest as well in Russell Wilson, leading the ladder board right now in the MVP race, MVP campaign. Kyler Murray's there too. Aaron Rodgers had a great performance down in the Superdome against New Orleans. So uh, what's your uh, ranking right now as in terms of the MVP race? Obviously, I'm a homer. You guys know that. Obviously, I've been saying Russ be cooking. I haven't for the last couple, couple, basically three years, man. I think Russ has been the best quarterback in football, and that's that's including Patrick Mahomes. I think he's been the best player, man. Patrick Mahomes might be the, the most you know unique talent, but as far as everything from the from the mental aspect, from the being in the game, being in, just Russell Wilson got everything clicking. Like we say, he's, he's just cooking right now. He's man. a great he's leader too, Guru. He's a Excellent leader. And I don't take nothing away from Patrick Mahomes. He's excellent as well. You know, he's excellent. He has all that foundation as well. So, so right now, the MVP race, yes, I think I, right now in my order, I have obviously Russ uh, for obvious reasons. What he's doing right now is out of this universe. You know, that mm -hmm. makes sense for itself. Um, second, I got A-Rod. You know, I'm not a big A-Rod guy, but I will see. I do like what Mike LaFleur is doing over there. Mm -hmm. I, I love the type of offensive diversity. I love that aspect. He's creating more quarterback-friendly throws for A-Rod. I've never ever seen A-Rod had in his career. So A-Rod is there. And I'm not sleeping on Patty Mahomes. You can see him like the nine touchdowns so far with no INTs, even though he's one of those guys who are like, oh, yeah, we expect greatness. But still, man, just to consistently be great at a high level, that takes that goes a long way. So right now I have this three-quarterback race, man. Russ is cooking. You got to give my man A-Rod is doing his thing, mm -hmm. and I got to give it to Patty Mahomes. He he be keep going. Yeah, no doubt there. Sometimes we take greatness for granted, granted, granted uh, Guru. You know, we just – it's like James Harden. We we get mesmerized, but we expect that, 35, 40 points uh, a game uh, from these type of, of guys there for sure. So you talked about Matt LaFleur and his Packers. Um, there's a few 3-0 and teams. Can you tell me some of the best 3-0 and teams that you've seen thus far uh, through three weeks? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the usual suspect, man. Obviously, uh, the Packers, I think they're, they're very solid. One thing people are not talking about, they keep giving up all this uh, uh, Matt LaFleur. And I don't get it twisted. In fact, I'm, you know, just this Monday, I'm coming out. Their defense definitely stepped up. You know, I'm a big – Kenny Clark is one of the best defenses in the mm -hmm. Yes, he is. You know yes, sir. Yes, yes. And then defensively, those young kids develop in the secondary. Like uh, Jair Alexander – 
man, Kevin mm-hmm. King, those yeah. guys, Darnell Savage, like Al Amos, like those guys freaking developed. Those are the reason why the Packers are what they are. It's not about the Aaron Rodgers situation. You look at the films, it's because the defense has stepped up. Last year, it was never about the offense. The defense is when I got bullied. So I'm really, really, the Packers are for real, you know, defensively. Another another three and O teams, obviously, that the Seahawks, you know, they're obviously uh, with the offense. They're, 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 they're solid. Solid. The Chiefs, obviously, the defending champions, they're absolutely solid. So we have outstanding, solid 3 and O teams, man. Yeah. Talk to me about Buffalo because they're an yeah, interesting yeah, team. Bro, yeah, that's, the Buffalo, yeah. to me, you know, um, nobody from last year to this year progressed more than Josh Allen. I, I, what, I know Josh Allen from his days from Wyoming, and the guy could throw. He always had a good arm, but accuracy was always his Achilles heel. This year, I, you know, I don't know if it's the QB coach. I don't know if it's Sean McDermott and his staff that's worked with him, but the mechanics look a lot better. And and the addition of Stephon Diggs has helped too. Absolutely. It's funny too. I, he's also one of my give a preview. I, he's also one of my Saturday spotlight. So y'all check that out. Um, Josh Allen is one of my four or five Saturday spotlight I'm talking about this weekend, man. Um, and I love his, his – he's a very coachable kid. He's a very try-hard kid. And I say with this, he's – I always say this, man. He's the worst quarterback. He's the worst good quarterback in football. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but that just shows you the testament to Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator. Because, like, Brian Dable has done an outstanding job in his development. And people got to give kudos, man. Because, like, organization play a role. Josh Allen might go to a different organization. Go to the Jets, for example. He would look like Sam Darnold. You know what I'm saying? But Brian Dable, they're making great play calls for this guy. Is that's mm-hmm. what it is? They utilize his strength, right? And this guy's now with his what his third year starting, and I'm noticing he's doing more quarterback friendly throws mm-hmm. for um for him. He's throwing more screen plays. He's throwing receiver screen. He has a great tempo for this guy because I'm gonna be honest with you, this kid is a high competitor. He does some boneheaded shit, bro. You know what I'm saying? So my man Brian Dable knows how to calm him down because he's a uber competitive athlete and sometimes man he throws the ball backwards man he he just he just he does everything on films bro he's everywhere but the brian Dable and the staff do a great job of calming him down when he gets erratic they call it a great call they can either call it screen next play or do it or draw or do something to calm him down. i call him give him layups you know what I'm saying? I think that's the most important thing. They're giving him layup plays so now he could execute the long-range plays. Right, right, right. Good, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Who, what, What is one thing, um, you know, you know we, t- we talk about Buffalo, we talk about, like, what is that one team that is either below 500 or, or right at one and two or two and one or hasn't been started off so well, 0 and three possibly? That, that that you feel can make a big-time run and that's really a dangerous threat? Oh, man. I mean, it's tell the truth. I mean, we could say – we could go to the NFC East. Everybody's below 500. Once in the battle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, somebody got to make the playoffs. So one of those <laughs> below 500 teams is going to make the playoffs. But really, there's certain – like, I just want to talk about a certain team, like two teams I want to talk about that I really, really have. Like, I want your audience to know. I don't think people are talking about – that I think really could be a team that I could watch out for. The Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. the way they are built. Mm-hmm. I mean, people talk about the 49ers came out of nowhere last year. This team is built, man. And you can see, go out in history with Pat Mahomes and the, and, and the Chiefs. Their biggest team, the Achilles heel, people don't talk about. I put the film on is the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. They know how to beat the, the – the system is built to beat the Chiefs. They got the best offensive line in football, mm-hmm. the best power of game in football. You know what I'm saying? Now, with the addition of this kid, Mo Ali Cox, you all remember this kid name, Philip Rivers Love tight end. He's his new Antonio Gates. This kid is a former basketball player. Yeah. Now got developed. Much Mo like Antonio. Right. He's, yeah. Yes. Gonna be a name you're gonna remember the next few weeks, my friend. Trust me, the Colts are built for a Super Bowl run. They are the 49ers. People think looking at the Bills, ah, when it comes down to it, I'm gonna take the veteran Philip Rivers, the stable Frank Wright, 
that type of foundation. You know what I'm saying? Brian Eflow, the Colts got the number one defense in football right now. They got the best pass defense. People are sleeping on the nap time. I know it's nap time, but wake up, baby. Y'all got to wake up on nap time. They are that good, man. Mm -hmm. And another team, I just want to touch real quick, man, the, the, the ugliest team. I call them the Butterface. The Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think they're there. the. I'm not I sure do. who. I don't know if they're the worst three and O team, but they do a lot of great stuff, man. And and, and yeah. they 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 do a lot of great stuff, and they take the character of Vrabel. Vrabel used to be a physical linebacker in New England, but that team they they are they are tough as nails. Dude, I'm telling you something. I got to my my best analogy. I can tell them is like the girls we see, man. You know, you see the girl with a nice ass, titties, man. They got everything <laughs> you could involve the body. You like, oh my god! And then you look up, you like, uh, uh, that that face don't supposed to be in that body. You know what I'm saying? We call that the butter face. And the Tennessee Titans right now are the butter face of the NFL, man. They're like, they three and no, but they win like the ugliest win. They win by two. They win by a field goal. They win by one. You're like, what in God? Like, but they look good. But you look at the whole atmosphere, you're like, something just don't look right. And I say this, you put a bag on the Tennessee Titans on their face, and you might see the San Francisco 49ers from last year. Right. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree there as well. Yeah. Too. A couple of two other teams uh, you haven't touched on, Guru, that I think should also have um, Super Bowl aspirations. They're not talking about. I think the Rams and the and the and the Bucks, if it played well through two weeks too. Obviously in New Orleans, we seen Brady. You know, you kind of call him. He's he's got slim Jim arms. You know, he he doesn't mm -hmm. have the arm to throw the ball no more. But I like what they've done these last two weeks. And and the Rams too. I know they were down a lot in Buffalo, but they did come back from 25 down they got the lead and then of course they ran out of gas but i think those two teams are are under the radar too that i think that could make some noise in the season yeah absolutely i'm really worried because this is what there's going to be this going to be a deep trading deadline because there's certain teams need certain players to get them over the edge you know what i'm saying like for instance you give green bay another receiver next to Devontae adams absolutely next one key name i'm looking for odell beckham because he's a key name for me right because to me honestly I love the Rams. Don't get it twisted, but the offense is too cute. It's too horizontal. What's the key thing that's going to hurt them in the long haul is they need a deep threat. They don't oh, spare yeah. no one. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, they have no deep threat. They have no fast receivers. In the playoff, those DBs are going to sit on those routes, man. My man, Jair Alexander, they bring, the Green Bay Packers, you have DBs that will sit on that cute horizontal plays, man. And McVay mm -hmm. does a great job of designing, but at the end of the day, they don't have a 40-yard guy. They can't get you over the top. They can't get you that cheesy play, that 10, you know what I'm saying, that one play, 45 yards, the Seahawks, the Packers could do. That's my. That's the Achilles heels. They need an explosive player, which they don't have on their roster right now. That's why I don't believe in the Rams as a Super Bowl contender. Right. Go ahead. Okay. That's interesting. What uh, did you did we saw this situation with the Tennessee Titans and uh, the, you know having eight people in their organization test positive for the coronavirus and uh, you know talking about a delay and they're closing down facilities until the weekend. How uh, potentially uh, having to move this game back from Sunday to Monday? They haven't made a decision yet. But how do you think that's going to affect this team uh, this week as far as preparation is concerned for their game against the Steelers? And that's a so huge game, Guru. The Pittsburgh Steelers they've they've looked uh, pretty good as well. Yeah. Absolutely. To be honest with you, like I, I, I put this preview on this with this game. I don't care if they play this game on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Monday. The Pittsburgh still gonna whoop them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Pittsburgh still is gonna whoop them, man. It don't matter when they play, two o'clock, one o'clock, three o'clock. At the end of the day, systematically how they play the game. The Titans like to run the ball. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And guess what? The Pittsburgh Steelers live to stop the mother effing run. They're That's number one. They're number one in the NFL. Exactly. It's a battle of run versus run stopper. And at the end of the day, I'm going to take my man Tanning here. I mean, my man Big Ben and, and, and Tomlin all day, every day when it comes to that type of level, man. Big Ben over Tanning. And I love me Tanning, dog. And I love me Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith has done marvelous. I think Arthur Smith should be the next head coach. Joe Douglas, if mm. you're listening, man, you better go down there and get Arthur Smith from Tennessee. He will fit the jet to the T. Anyways, pay me next time when I give you a free one right there, Joe. But go get Arthur Smith. He made Ryan Tannehill look like Jake Plummer from the Denver Broncos, man. Because Ryan Tannehill looked fucking good right now. 
No, no doubt, no doubt. A lot of head coaches already, I think, that are in fire seats. Atlanta, I mean, come on now. Atlanta hasn't rebounded since the epic meltdown of the Super Bowl. And then the two, the biggest market in, in, in America, in New York, you got the Jets and you've got the Giants. You want to talk about dysfunctional? Dysfunctional is probably an understatement. Adam yeah. Gase, I'm not sure how he got a head coaching uh, job. And then uh, the jury is still out on Mike's team, on, on Big Blue. So uh, uh, what's what are you looking at? Can 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 Arthur Smith get one of those jobs, Guru? Dude, if uh, first of all, the first thing your, your team got to do over there, Mike, is you got to get Gettleman out of there. You know? Yeah, I know. Gettleman is the number one situation right there. Yeah. They've got to go. This is all his team. This is his roster, and it's terrible. Probably one of the worst rosters in football. Terrible. Yep, I agree. Terrible. I don't even know Coach Judd. It's it not even his fault because he don't even deserve to be a head coach. And it like doesn't his resume, he didn't. It's like I can see them starting over. They're, 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 they're just terrible. They're so far behind, man. It's like they're, they're, they're terrible. The yeah. Jets. At least I believe in Joe Douglas. I think Joe Douglas coming from the Ravens pedigree. I think Joe Douglas is a very capable uh, um, GM. Now he's finally getting his chance to put his input. This is his first year, you know what I mean? So once he get rid of Adam Gates, and I'm throwing on the limb right here, I think Adam Gates is going to get. This is going to be his last week coaching with the um, with the Jets. Mm-hmm. I think regardless what happened, they're going to get blown out. Whoever they're playing, they're going to get blown out. And I don't think Adam. Yeah, Gates they play Thursday night. Yep, Thursday night. Perfect. They're, they're coaching for his job. They're, they're coaching for his job that game. Yep. Oh, he's gone. Like, I, I don't even think it only – I think it's already over. Like, okay. coaching, it doesn't even matter. Uh, I'll tell you the truth, this is going to be his last week. Uh, that's I'm going on the limb and saying that but just because you're going to have that extra week uh, uh, to make that replacement. So, I say Adam Gates, win, lose, or draw, he's done with the Jets um, after Thursday. Right. Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Oh, man, Dan Quinn should have gone three years ago. But, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. He got the – he got the Marvin Lewis, Mike Brown situation over there. I don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. but you can tell the locker room. You can see the kids. You can tell the players are not listening to him. His message don't reside. That's all that is, bro. Uh, yeah. uh, it's it's plain and simple. It's his message don't reside with the players, and the players don't respect him no more. You can just see that as, by the way they play. It's safe to say, pandemic <laughs> win might be the might be the role uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. Hey, Guru, talk. Talk to me real quick, because because it's a team out there that's 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 very interesting to me. As we since we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons lost their comeback, how about the team they lost to this week, the Chicago Bears, when they made they made the quarterback change to Nick mm. Foles after the, after the comeback. We know how potent Nick Foles is, and you saw how that offense looked in the second half coming back against Atlanta. We know how lethal this Chicago Bears defense is. The offense with, with the offense that Nick Foles can give them the rest of the way. How dangerous does this team look? Because this team is, to me, in my opinion, with Nick Foles at quarterback, is poised to, to to beat anybody. They could be one of the scariest teams in the NFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right, man. You are absolutely right, man. Uh, Matt Nagy is a hell of a coach, bro. Matt Nagy is going to design some great play offensive play, Mike. Yep, cool. absolutely. Great, great play designer, man. I'm not going to lie to you. The Bears are a scary team, man. Like, they <laughs> are going to be a scary team. There's going to be one of the under-the-radar teams that <laughs> that I'm I'm really, really – I'm going to look at more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to look, especially with more with Nick Foles coming there. Like, I'm really going to examine them. You know, obviously, this week, I have them losing because I have – I'm so highly on the Colts. Um, I, I'm very high on the Colts. So I have them losing this week. I know a lot of people got the Bears winning, but – um, I really want to see, especially this is a great test. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is an absolutely great test because I'm telling you, I know they call it nap time, but people better get woke about the Colts, bro. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because the Colts got it, bro. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They got everything. They run that ball. That young kid, Jonathan Taylor, I'm really going to see. Oh, what he's, he's magnificent from Wisconsin. He's a bad man. Special. Bad man. I really want to see what the Bears are about because, honestly, the Bears got a complete team now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They got a stupid roster, man. I like their running back. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Montgomery. I like um, I like um, their receiver. What's his name? They better pay that dude. Allen Robinson. Uh, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Yep. A-Rob is one of the most, most underrated receivers in all of football, man. They better pay that dude. They even got Jimmy Graham out there. Yeah, uh, they got they got exactly. some. They definitely got some assets in offensively and defensively. We know what they do. Um, Hakeem Hicks, as always, just dominating. Like, I know people like to talk about Khalil Mack, but that boy Hakeem Hicks be dominating yeah. out there, man. Yeah. Uh, dude, they, 
you know, I love the corners, Fuller. I love I'm the young boy. You know, y'all know my content, man. I love me some Jalen Johnson, the rookie corner number 33 over there. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I'm me talking about it, I'm selling the bears on myself. Yeah, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Jackson, the safety. Eddie Jackson, Eddie Jackson yep. you know what I'm saying? I'm selling myself, but it's like, <laughs> but it's so hard. The NFC is so hard, bro. Yeah. It's like, it's so hard. Do I think, oh, yeah, because honestly, out of the Packers, they got a better defense. They got a better overall team than the Packers it, with Nick Foles. If he does what he does. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? The Seagulls have deficiencies. They can't get right. to the quarterback. And it's like, they could obviously be that sleeper. And don't, do y'all remember this now? I might just talk myself into this now. I didn't say this, but I'm going to give you a little <laughs> This year might be the Colts versus the Bears in the Super Bowl, man. Rematch. A rematch of Super Bowl 41. A rematch of Super Bowl 41. Uh, there for sure. Before we, <laughs> we we have you leave here, um, any under five hundred teams? I know, I know the 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 forty niners are banged up. The Browns haven't meet expectations yet. Um, you, you've got one in uh, under five hundred teams. Like the is this the Eagles run? Can they make a run? Can the Cowboys with all that talent on offense make a run? Like what what team that looks in misery right now? Even even the zero and three Vikings. What team in misery right now can turn things around for you, Guru? Tell the truth, the only team I could see, and just because I'm giving credence to, you know, the, the organization, New Orleans. You know what I'm New saying? Orleans. When Mike T comes back, it's like they're a winning organization. I know, you know what I'm saying? I got my man, my Asian noodles guy, man. And, uh, I'm Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Again, you know, the Asian noodles arms. But it's it's. But I really think, you know, um, Sean Payton is an excellent coach, man. We can't take away from him. You know, he got his ego, but he's an excellent coach. And they got a very good roster. They got a playoff roster. When it all everybody comes together, you know, Mike T comes back. He's a big, big, big key for their offense. Right. Um, I could see them making a run towards the end of the season, you know, <laughs> and still in the playoff spot. I could see them being a threat. And you know, New Orleans, you have a veteran quarterback. You have a great play caller. You have players. You can make plays for you as far as, you know, Cam Jordan, you had, I'm glad more that I could make some plays for you. So, yeah, the New Orleans Saints might be, you know, even though I drag on them, but, yeah, they could be the team that could turn things around and be and it's be a threat to the big dogs. One thing about Guru, he loves him some Marshawn Lattimore. He <laughs> loves Ohio State guy. <laughs> you already know, man. And you got to get Dennis Allen out of there. <laughs> you got to get Dennis Allen, Allen out of there, too. It's been great, man. It's been great. Always the guru. They say that you're the uh, specialist and you're the guru, so you know it all. It's been a pleasure, man. Appreciate y'all, fellas, man. Definitely. Y'all keep doing a good job, man, always. And I love the new cover heart y'all got going on, man. Love that. Y'all know I be listening, man. I be watching, man. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, I like that quote you did there, man. I saw it on the thing. The heat is on. Y'all, y'all, y'all elevating, boy. That was great. <laughs> hey, hey, appreciate you, man. Number love to you, too, dog. Nothing much. Man. We trying to catch up, guru. <laughs> man, no, no. Hey, man, I, I'm a barbecue, barbecue sauce guy, man. Let's get up with that catch up. I like barbecue sauce, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man when we come back we'll wrap things up here the Sevy podcast radio show oh man never a dull moment with the guru there our main guest and featured guest for tonight. That was some great stuff. The, the the guy really knows his stuff. Yeah, he really does, man. It's always it's always good vibes when we have Guru around, man. You know my good DMV brethren, right there. So it's you know it's always it's always good for him. He's always doing his thing as well too. So the passion, the passion, the knowledge too. Monday morning football with the Guru. Um, something to watch available on Spotify every Monday morning. As we wrapped up things, Mike. Um, we've got the Aces and the Storm. A battle of bigs, you know, in a in an era where we don't have a lot of that, <laughs> uh, but we have uh, Stewie, Brianna Stewart versus AJ Wilson. That's going to be a fun matchup as well. And and um, the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, hosting their franchise's second. Some just some key stuff that happened over the week. Yeah, it definitely is. And so congratulations to Tampa Bay because anybody that hasn't been following hockey or has been following knows that. 
Tampa Bay has been one of those teams that's been knocking on the door over the last few years. For years. They, 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 they've, they've had a, a very solid team, a very good team. They just haven't gotten over the hump or ran into a, a team that at the time it was at the time was just more ready. This was their moment. They've gone through their adverse situations. They, they, they were championship built now, and they finally got over the hump. Congratulations to them for doing that thing. And you're right, man. This 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 matchup uh, we have, Seattle versus versus Vegas, it's, it's there for the making because – Hats off to Asia Wilson and what what she's done for this with this Vegas team and um and Lambert, but to come back from down two one against this Connecticut team who looked like they were poised to get ready to go back to the uh, WNBA finals, right. that's special because the, those were two pivotal games and you needed your best from your best players and that's exactly what you got. You know you got good, great contributions from Asia Wilson, of course, uh, De'Arica Canby. Uh, it's just this team is full of weapons all over the field, even without Liz Cambridge and Kelsey. And uh, Kelsey Plum, this is a special basketball team. So I'm, I'm excited for the matchup um, in the finals. It's it's going to be special. Get your popcorn ready. I see it going all, all the way. Yeah, if I do. I, I think it's going to be a long series as well, maybe five games. Yep. But, yes, John Cooper in that lightning unit, Victor Hedman and and Nikita Kucherov, all those guys for, for the lightning. They've been knocking on the door for years, and they finally – Burking through and and this series with Storm and and, and the Aces where you thought Mike the Connecticut maybe it's their time you know yeah. the, the finalists yeah. last year knocking on the door they want to get back at a, an opportunity to uh, hoist that trophy but it wasn't enough the reigning MVP AJ Wilson a, 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 against Brianna Stewart <laughs> popcorn and, and pizza you got to get Totitos <laughs> and salsa and dip to, to watch that that's going to be a good one as well other stuff we've got the MLB playoffs it started mm-hmm. off yesterday. Dodgers, um, the overwhelming favorites, Mike, to get their first World Series title since a long time, 88. Uh, You wouldn't think that. All those great Dodger teams, they haven't, uh, uh, you know, pulled through. But um, the Yankees, what an impressive statement when they had last night, too. Uh, And, and of course, you got the dark horses as well. So the MLB playoffs, things to watch out, too. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right about the Dodgers. The, 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 the same thing we say about the Lightning, we can say the same thing about the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been one of those teams that have just continuously knocked themselves, uh, beat themselves um, over the years in the playoffs in crucial situations from some of their best players. And, um, you know, the, this is one of those teams where they're, they're loaded once again. And it's just a matter of whether they're going to get over the hump this year, whether they're going to make the right plays in key situations to get them victories down the stretch in, in, in crucial moments. So the Dodgers are definitely one of the teams I'm looking for. The Yankees have been one of the more impressive teams that I've, I've, I've paid attention to over the last bit of time. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they look like as well. It's a lot of different storylines leading into these playoffs and um, some big-time competition. It's, yeah. uh, it's going to be interesting. The most storied franchises, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the most – expensive <laughs> franchises too, uh, knocking on the door for years. But will this be the breakthrough for both franchises? We will see. And you'll see us next week on the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Myself and Michael Gray, so long from us. Hey, everyone. We're excited just as much as you guys tonight, if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our itunes and spotify and remember you can stay locked in here and connected sevipodcast.info link for the latest news articles interviews and much more and remember wherever you're listening on air or online the sevi podcast is wherever you go